Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. The Lord's Prayer concludes with a powerful affirmation of praise to God. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The words of Jesus echo the words of the psalmist David as he led the nation in worship of giving offerings to support the building of the temple in Jerusalem. David proclaimed, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. First Chronicles 29:11. We too affirm that the kingdom of God rules over all, that the power of God governs all things, and the glory of God is the ultimate purpose of creation, of history, and of our personal lives. Let's look at these three great truths. What is the kingdom of God? What is the power of God? What is the glory of God? First of all, the kingdom of God refers to the rule and governance of God over creation and history. Every kingdom has a king. God is called the king of heaven throughout the Old Testament. God is sovereign over the world. And so the kingdom of God speaks of God's rule, his governance over this world and over human history. The kingdoms of this present world, they come and go, but his kingdom is an eternal kingdom and his dominion has no end. We read those words in Daniel 4 and 37, when the great Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, came to the conclusion that he wasn't really a king, acknowledged that the God of heaven rules over all, the God of Daniel. He saw that there was a greater king than himself. And he said in his own declaration, when he came to faith in God, that his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. What does the Bible teach us about the kingdom of God, of his rule in the world, over the world, and in our lives? And of course, we say Jesus is Lord, which means we confess that he is Lord of the kingdom of God in our lives. But first of all, the Bible talks about the kingdom of God above us the world above us, the universe. Psalm 103, verse 19, the psalmist said, your kingdom, O Lord, is established in heaven and it rules over all. Think about that, all of this great, vast universe. What holds it all together? What keeps it all in place? What brings the sunrise and the sunset? What keeps the law of gravity? What, what creates the evaporation cycle so there's life on this earth? What maintains the balances of oxygen and nitrogen and gases that we can even live on this planet? You see, God governs this world. Heaven rules over earth. And Daniel 4 and 37 reminds this kingdom is an eternal kingdom. Second of all, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within us so that when we're born again, that we are taken out of the kingdom of darkness and sin and we're brought into the kingdom of God, that we now live under the governance of God, the, the law of God, the word of God is our law. Jesus said in Luke 17, 20 and 21, the kingdom does not come with observation. Men don't say here it is or there it is, for the kingdom is within you. He said that to the group of Pharisees and teachers of the law who are asking him, where is your kingdom? You're supposed to be a kingdom. People are saying you're a king, where is your kingdom? He said the kingdom of God is within you. 
And it means two things. First of all, he was standing in their very midst, so the king was present. In other words, I'm standing in your very midst, the Son of God, who came to bring the kingdom of God, a kingdom of salvation and righteousness and peace. And he also meant the kingdom of God is within a person. Jesus said in John 3, verse 3 through 7, unless a person is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. But when we're born again through faith in Jesus, we enter the kingdom of God. And the king rules in our hearts. So in that sense, the kingdom is within us. His word is within us. His law is within us. We have to obey the laws of the land. That's an external kingdom. But as Christians, his law is within us. When Paul talks about the miracle of a person being saved from their sins and born again through faith in Jesus. He says a kingdom transfer occurs. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, he says, God rescued us out of the dominion or kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loved. So the kingdom of God means that God is sovereign over creation and history. It means that Christ is Lord of our lives and the kingdom is within us and we live in the kingdom of God under the governance of God. We can also speak of the kingdom of God behind us. What happened in the past where the kingdom of God came into this world? The kingdom of God also in the Bible sometimes refers to God breaking into human history and acting with power. In Mark 9, verse 1, Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth, there are some people standing here who will not taste of death until they see the kingdom of God come with power. What did he mean? Well, he was speaking prophetically that moment of his crucifixion and his resurrection, that they were going to live to see the kingdom of God come into this world through his saving work on the cross. He offered himself on the cross for the sins of the world and by the power of God. He was raised from the dead and they witnessed it. And then 50 days after that time happened, at the beautiful feast of the Passover came Pentecost. Jesus ascended to heaven, but the disciples waited for the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says in Acts 2 and 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. And the Holy Spirit came into the world with new power. And that was the kingdom of God coming in the past, the kingdom of God behind us when God came into the world through Christ and gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was the kingdom of God that was the cross and the resurrection and Pentecost. Jesus said, there are people standing here who will not die until they see the kingdom coming. And they saw the kingdom in a very powerful way in the resurrection of Jesus and the outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The Bible also talks about the kingdom of God being for us, something in front of us. In other words, a set of goals that we aspire to. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. That the priorities of our life should be the priorities of the kingdom of God. God's will for us should always be in front of us that we're pursuing, we're seeking the kingdom of God. We're seeking to live in obedience to the king. We are seeking to advance the kingdom of God in the world as we preach the gospel. You see, the gospel of Christ is also the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 and 14, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness unto all nations and then shall the income. So we're always seeking first the kingdom. We're seeking ways as Christians to promote and to project the kingdom of God, invite people to come into the kingdom of God and to be saved. 
The Bible also talks about the kingdom of God around us and what God is doing in the world around us. And sometimes we look at world events, but we don't see God. But I can assure you, God is at work in the world today. Hebrews 12, verse 28 and 29 says, there's time coming, he says, when God will shake not only the heavens, but also the earth. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But then he says, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Therefore, let us worship God with reverence and awe. And we see things shaking in this world today. And that's the kingdom of God coming with power. God is shaking things up. And in the midst of a world that seems to be so unstable, remember, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. God's working out his will in history. And so the Bible talks about the kingdom of God to come. But even early in this prayer, we learn to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, looking to the day that Christ will return again. The kingdom of God is going to come in the future when Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, returns. Daniel chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 is a prophecy of the Messiah fulfilled at Christmas, but also spoke prophetically. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. Now listen to this last phrase of the increase of his government and peace. There'll be no end. You see, the government of Christ has been extended in the world today. The largest religion in the world is the Christian faith as Jesus extends his kingdom in every person's heart. And he's coming again at the end of the age. Revelation eleven fifteen reminds us the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And history is headed toward the second coming of Jesus when the kingdom of God will be realized in its fullness and its completeness. So we pray, Lord, yours is the kingdom. You're in charge. You're governing. Your word is our law. Your kingdom is within us. We're citizens of your kingdom. We preach your kingdom. We invite others into your kingdom. And we look forward to the day that the king of kings is coming again. So we pray yours is the kingdom. All power belongs to you. And yours is the power, which goes with the governance. It goes with the kingdom. The king has all power. Psalm 62, 11 says power belongs to God. And I want you to think about that. All power belongs to God and it exists in the very nature of God and exudes from God. All power, all forms of power, electrical power, nuclear power, the powers of the universe that we see displayed that we've learned to harness and understand through science, spiritual power. It also means authority that God is omnipotent. God has all power. He has all authority. God's word prevails. We do not live in a dual universe with opposite forces of good and evil. Now, we, at our level, deal with good and evil, but there is no opposite to God. This is not a dual universe. And so many people believe in what we would call dualism, that there's this great war going on between God and the devil. God is all powerful. The devil Evil cannot war against God. It has no power. All power belongs to God, not some of it. And many Christians operate from dualism. They see these equal opposite forces in the universe. Many religions look at dualism, but that's not true. God has all power, not some of it, all of it. So if he has all of it, there is no equal to God. In Isaiah 40, in fact, God asked the prophet and the nation of Israel, to whom shall you compare me, says the Lord? Who will be my equal? There's not an opposite to God. There's not an opposite to goodness. Evil is something that we struggle with here on a personal level in our world. It's not 
in opposition to God Almighty. That's why he's called God Almighty, El Shaddai in the Hebrew, Almighty, all power. So I want you to begin to think about the fact that God has all power. He controls all things. He governs all things. He gives us freedom of movement within a certain range, but he is all-powerful. That ought to change your view of the devil and evil and however you like to conceive of that. Instead of thinking of him as some big, omnipotent, powerful force, that is not true. God has all power. And when you know that, you'll have a lot more faith and confidence and won't live in fear and anxiety. What does the Bible teach us about the power of God? First of all, it's the cause of all things. Now, we know the universe exists. We can observe it. It's not an illusion. Where did it come from? God is the cause of all things. The universe is the effect, but the cause of the effect is God. Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created. Hebrews 1 and 3 says that Jesus sustains all things. He means all created things there in that particular passage. All the universe, Jesus sustains all things, holds it all together by his powerful word. Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. God is eternal and invisible to a sight. And yet from God's power, all things were created. So the power of God is the cause of all things. And you say, why does everything exist? The why is the power of God. God brought it into being. Everything has to come from something. Every effect has a cause. And God is the cause of the universe. He's the cause of this beautiful world in which we live. He's the reason that this earth can sustain life, the only planet that we know of in our solar system, this particular planet, the power of God. Second of all, the Bible talks about the power of God that was revealed in Jesus. And this is one of the reasons people realize that Jesus was different. You say, what's different about Jesus and Buddha, perhaps, or Muhammad or some other religious figure? These people are mere men and women who, in times of history, have appeared and had some spiritual or philosophical message. These are people just like you and me. They have no redemptive value. No matter what insights people may have or great politicians or philosophers, these people are just... Human beings like you and me, sinners in need of grace. Jesus is the Son of God, marked by the power of God. Early in Jesus' ministry, when he was teaching and he healed people, the Bible says in Mark chapter 1, verse 27, the people were astonished and they said, what is this, a new teaching? And with authority, he even commands the evil spirits and they obey him. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Jesus says, the Son of God has been given the authority of God. The Bible also talks about power in a different way. It talks about the power of God within us. Now, that doesn't make us omnipotent. It doesn't give us the miracle ability Jesus had. But there is a strength and an energy and a spiritual power as well that God gives us by his Holy Spirit. Acts 1 and 8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So there is spiritual power. I've experienced it in my life, and I know you have, that enables us to overcome our weaknesses, that gives us confidence in life, that gives us energy sometimes when we run out of energy. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You rule over all things. Yours is the power. You cause all things 
Your power was evident in your son, Jesus, and your power is at work within us, the power to save us and to heal us and to give us strength for life so that we can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's the power of God in us. And then thine is the glory. We pray, Lord, yours is the glory. What does this mean, the glory of God? The honor, the reverence, the praise of God. Well, the goal of creation, the reason God created the world, the goal of all history, and the goal of our ultimate lives is to bring glory to God. That's the highest purpose for which any person can live. You see, the glory of God is revealed in creation. You see the honor and the the character, the nature of God in creation. The glory of God is the revelation of who he is. Moses says, show me your glory. When he stood on Mount Sinai, Lord, I want to see you. I want to know you. Well, you can look at creation to see God's magnificence every day. Every day, I got up this morning early. It was the most beautiful sunrise. And I saw the glory of God, the light, the eminence, the beauty, the power. Psalm 19, 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies show forth his handiwork. When I saw the sky this morning, the sunrise, the universe spoke to me itself. Even the sunrise, it declared the glory of God. I knew that the world didn't exist by accident. I knew that I wasn't here by accident. Creation met me this morning and reminded me, God is at work in the world. I saw the glory of God in the sunrise today, and I trust you saw it as well. We see the glory of God in history. History moves along. Sometimes it's chaotic. It's confusing to us because we're kind of down here in the weeds. God is above it all, watching it. He's directing everything in world history toward his ultimate goal to bring glory to himself and to fulfill his purpose. Ephesians 1 verse 9 through 11 says that God has revealed to us the mystery of his will to bring all things together in heaven and on earth and under the earth together under one head, even Christ. God is working out all things, Ephesians says, in conformity with the purpose of his will. Many things in the world today cause people fear and alarm. Don't be unsettled by all these things. God is at work. History is headed toward the ultimate climax of the return of Christ, God fulfilling his will in history. That is his glory being worked out in human history. We talk about the glory of God in us as Christians. The Holy Spirit was in us. We're born again. What does it mean for us to live for the glory of God? It means that the highest purpose of our lives is to honor God in the way that we live, the way that we treat others. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31 says, So whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all for the glory of God. And when we pray, yours is the glory, we seek the glory of God around us. We rest in the fact that God is working out his plan in history. But it is also a prayer of us committing ourselves to live for God's glory in all that we do and all that we say. What a powerful affirmation for life. Today, we too proclaim, Lord, yours is the kingdom, and we are citizens of heaven. Yours is the power, and we rest in the fact that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to your power that is at work within us, yours is the glory, and we live for the praise of your glory. Let's join in prayer. Father, today we give you praise and blessing and honor. And today, Lord, we declare yours is the kingdom. And Lord, we praise you that you rule with omnipotent power. Yours is the power to do all things. We pray that you'll continue to fill us with power that we might live a victorious life. And yours is the glory. 
While we see your glory in creation, we know you're controlling history. Most importantly, it is our desire that the sum total of our lives brings glory to your name. In your holy name, we pray today. And I pray that you'll continue to bless and enrich the lives of your people in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining me and for sharing this amazing study we've had together on the Lord's Prayer. You can go back and watch all of these teachings or listen to them, share them with your friends. Make sure you download the study notes and use this teaching to help others. Maybe you have your own Bible study or you share with your family and friends. It's a great way for you also to become a minister of the gospel and teach the Word of God where you live. Let me encourage you to make sure you have the new Mount Parent app. A lot of new upgrades to it, some new features, and make sure you go today and download that app on your phone. Thank you so much for your gracious and faithful support of the ministry of the church. Sunday's coming. I'm looking forward to seeing you and your family worship. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.